Underrated. Underrated. I'm Matt. I'm Paul. Welcome to Basketballers. So Paul and I are in the middle of watching both a Wolves and a Hawks game, so we thought we'd put out probably what's going to end up being a shorter pod, although who knows, it'll probably be like fucking an hour and a half, so. You never know, yeah, the, the Wolves are winning right now, by the time we get done recording this, they'll probably be losing. Carl Anthony Towns is back for the first time in a long time from COVID, we switched on the Wolves game after the Hawks went into halftime, they're playing the Clippers, and I'm like, they'll be down 17, and they were up by 10, and then hit a three, or, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, Crazy. Yep. Um, and then the Clippers cut it, so now they're only down by seven. seven. Which is understandable, because it's the Clippers, and it's the Wolves. But we're going to talk about... Um, Paul and I have been talking about it, and like on our pod, we always talk about the star players in the league. We've had different lists, top ten, talked about MVP candidates, that kind of stuff. But we watch a lot of NBA. We don't just watch the Wolves and the Hawks. And so we thought we'd maybe talk about and single out several players who are really 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 good that maybe you don't think about a lot or maybe you've never heard of because their teams usually fucking suck and i can relate to that obviously <laughs> so, so these, these are all timberwolves players that we're <laughs> gonna talk about <laughs> there's one timberwolves player but there's only, only one but the, all these guys there there are let's see there's one on a really solid team right now um actually sorry two on on pretty good teams um otherwise the teams are eh so we're going to go through, uh, we're going to break down these players, and then we're going to kind of throw a little curveball at the end and, and break down something else. But we thought we'd just kind of do it a little different today and, and just talk about these players because um, we, we both think all of these players deserve their own recognition because they're like having really good seasons, and you're not going to hear about them on MVP lists and things like that. Or ESPN or anywhere right. else. All yeah. right, enough foreplay. Let's get into it. Player one. This player is a player who plays for a team in the NBA. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> it's okay to hate Matt. You ready? We, we player one. Jeremy Grant of the Detroit Pistons. Oh, oh, oh. I don't know why Matt's making Timberwolves sound effects. He's howling like the wolf does. It's the, it's the Pistons. You need to be making like... I don't know. Pist- Wait, that was a weird room. <laughs> 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 that was more like a cat call. <laughs> oh, well, hey, bud. Yeah, uh, something. <laughs> anyway, well, we got sidetracked really fast there. Jeremy Grant is playing really nice for the Detroit Pistons. So just very like quick background on Jeremy Grant. So he's been with Denver the past couple of years, few years. Yep. And he played like last year when Denver... Um, went really far in the postseason all the way to the Western Conference Finals, he was really vital to that team. And people were like, yeah, Jeremy Grant's going to get paid next year, probably by Denver. And he made this decision. He was offered the same money to stay in Denver that he was to go to Detroit. And he chose to go to Detroit because he wanted to be the guy. Uh, And Paul and I both questioned that move at the time because we're like, Jeremy Grant stays with Denver. They're They're favorites to go probably back to the Western Conference Finals. They're really good. Really good. Maybe with the growth of Jamal Murray and Jokic, maybe they they beat the Lakers on an off chance, right? But he decided he wanted to be the guy. And he's proving himself right. 
And yeah, what's interesting is this, that he got paid the exact same amount of money. Right. So he he honestly just had a 50-50 shot at like, do you want to try to win a championship or do you want to be the guy? And he chose to be the guy. And we all kind of clowned him a little bit for it, but it's paying off. I mean, stat-wise, he's averaging 24.3 points a game, which is good. That is real good. His Five, career, I mean, his career points per game is 10. Yeah. So, I mean... Five and a half rebounds. Career average is 3.9. He's averaging three assists up from 1.2 for his career. I mean, everything has gone up. His field goal percentage has stayed about the same, but his usage is way up. His three-point percentage is up quite a bit. Free throw percentage is up. I mean... Wait, his, his free throw percentage is up, like, significantly. The dude is playing well. Yeah. And people kind of forget Jeremy Grant was part of the process 76ers. Yep. And there wasn't a lot expected of them. Like most of those players are not in the league anymore. And that he's grown in the last seven, eight years that he's been in the league. And so now putting up these sort of numbers is, I mean, honestly, credit to him. Shout out to Jeremy Grant. Shout out to Jeremy Grant. But again, you're not going to hear a lot about him because the Pistons kind of suck. But the most notable news they had is trading away Derrick Rose for a G leaguer currently. And a second round pick. So whatever. Jeremy Grant, to me, should be, if he keeps his pace up, he should be in conversation for most improved player because he is showing he can be the guy on a team, right? I like that. Um, He should be. I mean, I'm not saying he should be, but he should be in conversation for it for sure. Should he be in conversation for any of the uh, all-NBA teams? No. Probably not. Not yet. But he's nice. What What about, like, the all-star game? Probably not. Detroit's so bad. The, it'd, it'd the, be East, like, the Eastern it, Conference is pretty bad though, too. Yeah, but you can still have enough. You can still have enough players. Um, he, he's been nice. It wouldn't surprise me if he got a few votes. There's like sure. a, a few local beat writers, and sure, wouldn't surprise me. All right. So, uh, speaking of All Star votes in the East, this guy for sure is going to get some. Nikola Vucevic of the Orlando Magic. Vucci, Vucci. The dude is. He's always low key balled out. Like, the Magic have always kind of been middling, and it's because he's been carrying them. Like, you take Vucevic away from some of the teams in the past years, and they're kind of garbage. It's kind of like Cat on the Wolves. And he started out in Philly, I believe, didn't he? Oh, I don't remember. I think he did. You're right. He was in His Philly first season. for one year. Yep. 2011 um, to 2012. He has been just like a super, super consistent player for a decade. And, I mean, he's only gotten better, too, as time goes on. He's he's 30 now, and he's definitely playing the best basketball of his career. I would love to see him go to a contender at some point just because he deserves yeah. it. He's a really good player. Yeah, and That contender is not Orlando. Absolutely not. But a team that would need a big. And maybe, you know, he's gotten paid throughout. Maybe since he's a little older and he hasn't had a chance to play, like, any competitive basketball, maybe he takes a bit of a pay cut for that, you know, because he's gotten paid. Could be. Um, and his game will translate well. Like he's got a he's got a solid post up game. He can shoot. He's a really good mid range. He's even extended out to the three point in recent. There years. are like a lot of teams that if he was like, pay me this, they'd be like, uh, yep, please come play for me. Let's win a fucking championship. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, so the Jeremy Grant was on twenty mil a year, right? If Vucevic was like, all right, give me three for twenty. Oh yeah, teams would snap that up. I think even with him, like three for forty. Paying him forty mil a year? Oh no no no! Sorry, three for forty. You're, oh, it's horrible. you're saying twenty a year? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I I don't think teams would 
teams would be like, no, they wouldn't bat an eye at 20. Yeah, they'd be like, I thought you meant okay, three absolutely. for 20. Three no, years. No, 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 no. I was like, that's a fucking no, three. steal. <laughs> <laughs> three times 20. Three for three for 60. Yes. But no, because he's a really good player. I mean, this year, let's see. His three-point percentage is 42%. Which that, is really good. That's For anybody. His free throw percentage is 80, which for a big man, I'm actually kind of surprised it's that low. But for a big man, that's still good. Like, that's, that's somebody you can still leave on the floor in crunch time. You're not Andre Drummond, Ooh, right, do, worrying about if be. they can even get the ball near the hoop. No, and he's averaging 11.5 rebounds a game this year. So, it's a big – I mean, he's a big man who does it all. He the, the big thing is his block numbers have never been big at all. He averages just under a block a game, but he's that's fine. He's yeah, not like he's, a great defender. He's, he's serviceable. He's serviceable on the defensive end, but he's such a net positive offensive player. He's averaging 23.3 yeah, points. I mean, that's baller. Yeah. From your center position, he's stretching the floor. You're going to hear a lot of shout-outs tonight, but shout-out to Nick Vukovic. We're just kind of shouting out everyone. What a guy. This is like a big shout-out Well, episode. this is like a happy episode because we like all these guys. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> we like to shit on a lot of players, but these are all good guys. <laughs> Speaking of like a player that – so if this team was – even this is kind of a like Steph Curry light situation as far as if this team it were really in playoff is. It com- really conversation, is. if this team were in the playoff hunt, which they're fucking not, but <laughs> this not this close. player would be in MVP conversation. Bradley Beal with the Washington Wizards is having a, I mean he's averaging thirty three almost and a half points this year. Fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean we we're just talking about Vucevic who's averaging twenty three point three, and we're like, that's really good because it is. And Beal is averaging 33.3, which is just... On 47% from the field for a guard, it's really good. Yeah, his three-point um, percentage, three percentage is not good, but he's shooting almost 89% from, from the line. Um, I mean, he, he is just playing really good basketball. And part of the problem is that the Wizards are just bad. So, I mean, a lot of times your three-point percentage will go up if you have a good scheme, if you're running around to get open, you got open looks. Beal is just like... It's me versus the world. Yeah, I mean, I'm Russell like, Westbrook is his point guard right now, and just it's like, not a good Russell Westbrook, unfortunately. Doing, so. doing crossovers from top of the key right. and taking, like, fadeaways, sidestepping threes. So to It's even, not like you're Devin Booker with Chris Paul at the point. Right. Ex- exactly. That's my yeah. That's my point. Is 100%. That on another team, his field goal percentage would be even I higher. I mean, if you put Bradley Beal next to Chris Paul, <laughs> he, oh, man. he'd probably shoot 44% from three. Right. Yeah. Just, <laughs> it would be insane yeah. numbers. And we're not shitting on Devin Booker at all. I like Devin Booker. No, that's that was, to the greatness of a good point guard. Even like Alonzo Ball, like just a good floor general. Yeah. Someone who's steady, someone who's unselfish, someone who sees the floor well. And honestly, um, a Alonzo Ball type player, even like a Ben Simmons type yes, player would exactly. be perfect. Because Beal's, Beal's strength is very much offense and not defense. Should the Wizards try and max Alonzo Ball next year? For another episode. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> That's for the uh, players we shit on <laughs> episode. <laughs> but Beal's been killing it. And the Wizards are terrible. Beal will probably still make the All-Star game. He kind of has. When you're when you're playing, so like we talked about Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant's playing, having a really good season on a shitty team. Bradley Beal's having an excellent season on a shitty team. So he he will get it, I believe. And, and, and like you said, the East is weird this year. So like he will he'll make the All-Star game. But he also has a track record, right? Like, yes. Like you were saying, Jeremy Grant might be in the conversation for most improved, which is great. And there's 
nothing like to take away from that. And if Jeremy Grant scores 25 points a game for the next three years, he'll make an all-star game. Oh, absolutely. 100%. But yeah, Be- exactly. Beal's been doing this for a while. Yep. He's just taking it to an, even another level this year. So shout out to Bradley Beal. And also... Shout out to Bradley Beal. So someone go check in on Bradley Beal because he's probably kind of sad and depressed all the time right now. He's like, what do I got to do around here? Man, actually, almost all these players are in the East. Isn't that funny? So <laughs> There's only two in the West. Well, we did kind of want to talk about good players on bad teams, and there's a lot of bad teams in the East. But this player is on a... A good team. They've been a little That's disappointing good. as of late, but um, they've been overall good. But this is a player who has, man, he's really come on um, I, this year especially. He's always been good. I, but, I love this guy. Uh, go ahead, Paul. Malcolm Brogdon. El Presidente. So, so El Presidente, it's funny because Malcolm Brogdon actually, he's drafted by the Bucks, played there for a couple, three years. Um, he was the rookie of the year, I remember, that year. And it was a it was a very like he had a whatever year, but it was like a weak year in general for rookies. And he, and he was also, I believe, a four year college player. Yeah. So he was he was twenty four his rookie year. But Malcolm Brogdon has become so he's a really good defensive player. Um, he's he's always been a really good defensive player. Always like, been a really good defensive. Quick player. hands, lockdown. Yep. His and, shooting his shooting form's kind of weird, but it works. And it's improved. Um, I mean, he seem he's he's definitely improved. He's not a great. I mean, his three point shooter. No, but his, he's his serviceable. Cr- his career three point percent is thirty eight and a half. So that's pretty good. That's above league yeah, average. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But he's always just been such a crafty driver too. Yep. He does these weird, and he's not super fast. It's not like Deer and Fox or John Wall where he just blazes by you. He just kind of does a little crafty move, a few like kind of side side steps here and there, and. Just gets around people. You know what's funny about Malcolm Brogdon? Honestly, he reminds like I won't be surprised if he plays for the Spurs at some point in his career. Like that's the kind of player he seems like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like very like mild mannered, like very just kind of like in the zone, in the game. He he's a player who always looks like he's in control. Yes, like he's, exactly. He's not moving it's he's not to Kyle Anderson's slow mo levels of slow. No. But he's just but again, he's not super fast. He's just always in control, and he gets to a spot, and he just does what he wants. Like it's really fun to watch him play. It, and he's averaging. I mean, he's averaging more points this year than he's averaged before. He's uh, let's see. He's the assists type, are down a little bit. Rebounds a, are down a little bit. He's the type bit, of player but. who you watch, and you're like, I could do that. You're like, it's not anything super crazy. He just did a little inside out dribble and got around his guy and made this offhand layup except we can't do that and then you try and you're (laughs) like oh that's actually really tough but he just makes it look so smooth yep love him but he's shout out he's having a great season and the pacers will get better yeah they they trade away oladipo they they found the kidney problem with lavert which is yeah when when he comes back which he'll it'll be fairly soon i think yeah um which i mean it's great they found that but yeah and i'm glad he's okay but it's gonna be i mean karis lavert's a good player Oh yeah, and that's and I think those two together will be nice. They honestly, will, they should yeah. be nice. Yeah, yeah. Brogdon's one of those players where most teams wouldn't mind having him. He can play either point guard or shooting guard. Plays good defense, gives you good offense. Kind of like a Drew Holiday type of player. Doesn't make mistakes. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Not like a Jeff Teague type. Paul and I, <laughs> Paul and I both know all too well the Jeff Teague experience. Ooh. It's not a fun. If it's you've not never, fun if ride. you've never had it. 
Don't worry about you're, it. You don't want it. You're now missing. All right. We're coming up on your boy. Uh, All right. Malik Beasley. Had to get in there. If you don't know who he is, that's okay. Now you do. he's a Timberwolves player, and you might not know who he is. Unless you watch TMZ. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Fuck off, Paul. <laughs> oh, we're just going to forget about that, huh? Yep. Go look it up, people. <laughs> I'll address you up in the room. So Malik, Malik Beasley during the offseason had some uh, – he had two different – I wasn't even going to say it. Pretty bad – personal things that happened there was a situation where the a situation hold on (laughs) there was a a situation where the uh suburb in which he lived there was like a family that was they were like trying to go to somebody's house ended up on his property i don't know the specifics of what happened like to get him into the position that he got himself into but basically it ended with him pointing a gun at this family in a car and he was also arrested with some weed on him, which he's a black dude um, arrested with weed. So that could be the cops being the cops, not trying to be too controversial, but like, come on. It, ha- it happens. It happens a little too much. Right. So um, the, the stats back it up. Not the not, those aren't available on basketball reference. No, so. but also like, yeah, weed should just be legal. Totally. By the way, that's my plug. Oh, there we um, go. It should just be recreationally legal federally. Um, the state of Iowa is never going to do it because fucking bunch of assholes that unless we can get Iowa farmers themselves. to grow it. Oh my God. I just figured it out. Well, I've been saying that for a while, Paul. I said I, that to you like a couple of weeks no, ago. You're I taking just, my shit. I just figured that out purely on my own. Did you really? Because yes. I'm remember my wife and myself and you having a conversation about marijuana. And I was saying, Paul, here's why marijuana legalization is great in Iowa. It'd be great for agriculture. Also, it'd be good for the decriminalization aspect, getting people out of prison, and money for the state. I said those three things. Yeah, well. And you weren't paying attention, and you heard it, and now you think it's your idea. Absolutely. You know what, Paul? Fuck you. No, that's what makes me a good politician. Way to go, Paul. A run for office. Way to go. Claim all your ideas as my own. I mean, honestly, I'd be fine with that as long as the ideas (laughs) got heard. (laughs) I'm I'm not that selfish. Back to Malik Beasley. He so that that was the one thing, and then he cheated on his girlfriend, who he has I, a kid with, I and the kid's was, like not very old. Maybe it was his wife. I don't know if they're married. Anyway, um, doesn't matter. Whoever he was with, um, significant other, his significant other, maybe his wife, uh, cheated on her, and he has like a young baby with Scotty yeah. Pippen's ex-wife or yeah. maybe estranged wife. I don't it's, think they're divorced. Estranged, yeah. Larsa Pippen, That's who's a- like 22 years his senior. Hey. And she looks man knows what he's doing. There's nothing I'm not saying there's anything inherently wrong with that. It's just it is something that jumps out. Man knows what he wants. Um or she doesn't maybe. look it because she's had enough plastic surgery that she basically like belongs at the fucking container store. Uh, but that's, any, pretty, that's pretty good hey. but anyway so he, Which, he had, shout out container store i love that place yeah container store is pretty cool <laughs> but malik beasley had a rough off season and he signed this four-year 60 million dollar contract with the wolves fourth year as a player option but uh people were concerned after that because they're like well shit he just signed this contract. it was like just after the contract yeah. was signed all this stuff came out. It just blew up. It was it not was, good. It was a big news week for Malik Beasley. And I was, was I was pretty nervous. I mean, yeah. like I was, but he's been playing really well this season. His personal life has not seemed to bother his his basketball at all. 
Or, or the team. He's actually been one of the better teammates. He's been the most consistent because here's the caveat. Carl Anthony Towns has been out for most of the season. He He's their best player, hands down easily. Oh, yeah. But with Cat out, Malik Beasley has, hands down, been the best player, most consistent on the team so far this year. Um, he played in Denver for a few years before this, and his career average for points is like 9.4. Yeah, it's not um, super high. But this year he's averaging 20 points a game. He is shooting um, – what is he shooting from the field? 45%, which is pretty good. 38.5% from three, which is pretty good. Yep. On, um, on eight attempts a game. So yeah. A lot of attempts. 84% from the free throw line, which is good. He's he's not an all-star level, but he's a really good player. He's a really good player. Right. I mean, he's like you said, it. he's putting up 20.5 points a game. And look, the Wolves are not good. So he's putting up 20.5 points, and the defense is keying in on him because they're, they're just not guarding like – two players on the floor at any given time right now. Right. And because Paul and I both like the Hawks and the Wolves, we've both seen each other's teams. And one thing that uh, Paul mentioned to me that he noticed is just, I mean, how many threes he can hit in transition. Yep. And a a lot of his threes are like, I'm just going to pull up from right here and hit it because this is the best look I'm going to get. And they're not even that good of looks. And honestly, I think again, it's a situation where his three point percentage will probably go up. Once he has better offensive flow. Yeah. When, once the Timberwolves have a better style of play, basically. Well, especially when Cat is healthy and you have him being the central piece. Yeah. And then you kick it out to, you know, Beasley like, in the corner yeah, or whatever. Yeah, D'Lo hasn't been a great facilitator. No. He's that's, more of an ISO. That's kind of been of, a problem. And then yeah, ball Ru- stopper. Rubio hasn't been playing that well. Right. So the number of, the number of easy pass assists that Beasley has gotten – Hasn't been. I mean, it's kind of like we were talking about with Bradley Beal. Exactly. It's been a lot of self-initiated offense. Yeah, for sure. And Bradley Beal's just been taking it to a whole nother level. Yeah, Malik Beasley is not Bradley Beal level, but from what he from what he was in Denver, and he was like last year, I think he was averaging like seven points in Denver or something. Um, is, off the bench, he's come into a starting role and played really well. So he's improved a ton from last year. And I'll I'll watch Timberwolves games even when you're not around, just because I'm like, hey, Matt's team sucks. I hate yeah. Matt. Let's watch that. And Beasley is Beasley is easily ah, ah. the best player on the floor a lot of the time. Yes. And it's not even close. Nope. All right. My team now. Ooh. Wanna give a shout out to Clint Capella. Ha ha ha. Triple double no assist. Which Fuck is Fuck off. Against the Wolves. So Which is great. It was, <laughs> it was The first Hawks triple double no assist since Dikembe Mutombo in 2000. I like that stat. That's a good one. Yeah. But when you're being compared to Mutombo, you're in pretty good company. No, Clint, Dude, Clint Capella's awesome, man. I love Clint Capella. And I'm glad that he's – like, I always liked him on Houston. And I didn't think he got a fair shake. I think he got kind of fucked over with that trade, honestly. I mean, I'm glad he's in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, he but, was he was traded for basically nothing. Yeah. He was just kind of shit. sucks out. for him because he was really good in Houston. And honestly, when I'm looking at this, his stats this year aren't crazy above his crew – the career average like he's averaging 13.7 points his career average is 12.3 that's that's not a jump he's averaging four and a half more rebounds a game which is a lot but it's just it's what he's been bringing to the team it's kind of in intangibles thing too a lot of times like he's really improved the defense 
Especially when you put, you know, the Hawks, and I don't know why I'm even the one speaking on this, but I know you'll agree with me. The Hawks have had such an issue for the past fucking decade with four or five tweeners. I mean, yeah, they, they, just, you, they have. I mean, they haven't had a center. It's, to it's just the hold Al, it down. It's been the Al Horford syndrome for like right, exactly. a decade. And even like John Collins, the past couple of years before Capella, like you, you can play Collins at the five, but he's a four. Yep. Very they, obviously. They tried to do that. Right. Didn't work out that great. So Capella is a five. He is a he's center. A, he is a true five. True five. And that's made, I mean, from, from me personally watching the Hawks, like he makes a big difference. And he started off pretty rusty. But he has, he has really, he has really honed in the past 10, 15 games, and he's playing really good basketball. So, so last season, the Hawks' offensive rating was twenty six out of thirty teams, which Ooh. is which is bad. Their defensive rating was twenty seventh out of thirty teams, which is really bad. This year, their offensive rating is twelfth out of thirty. Wow. Their defense is fifteenth out of thirty. And a big part of that's Capella. And a big part of that defensive rating is Capella. Big part. Offensive rating can be attributed to other pieces. Capella, he's good on offense, but he's not life-changing. Danilo, Danilo, Danilo Gallinari coming in is big. Yeah. Right? And just um, having a capable backup in Rondo, things like that. But we're shouting out Capella here. That defensive rating going from 27th to 15th, he's just he's been playing really solid basketball under the radar. The way that, yeah, and, and I think kind of echoing what Paul said about intangibles, if you watch, and, and this is a stat that's, I, I wish it was, I wish it was measurable, but he, blocked shots is measured. Altered shots is not measured. He no. alters so many shots. I mean, when I, when you watch him play, first of all, some people just don't drive when he's down there. And that, that's always been Gobert's problem. Right. Because he can't quantify that, but like. People actively don't drive against Gobert. It's like, and I hate to, I don't know why the fuck I always use football analogies. But again, <laughs> it's like when, and I honestly might have used this before, so I'm having like deja vu. But it's when you when you don't throw to a wide receiver because the cornerback is so good. Yep. You just don't you just don't target them because it's like, well, fuck, they're gonna take away the ball. Yeah. It's the same concept, and and Capella, I think, is starting to get that, which is cool because while he's not on the Gobert level at this point. No, he's he's, he's, he's not. one of the better defensive centers. I think I think he's not viewed in that light currently because he was injured for so long. But he's by but, the end of the season, if he keeps up what he's doing right now, he will be considered one of the probably top five defensive centers in the league for sure. Yep, for sure. And again, it's not offense, but he's just been he's been playing really solid, low key fundamental basketball. And he's a good like I would compare him kind of not currently, but like a DeAndre Jordan type as far as like DeAndre Jordan in his prime was a really good defender, but like not, I mean, Clint Capella is a better offensive player than DeAndre Jordan was. Yeah. Clint Capella has got a little bit of a post. Yeah. game. So, I mean, shout out to Clint Capella. I'm, <laughs> also, I'm, also shout out. There's one of my favorite plays. I was watching the game is the end of a shot clock. Clint Capella has the ball, like 15 feet from the basket. I told you about this when it happened, but he shot a jumper. Yeah. And the jumper was smooth. Like, it looked nice. He made it. Got fouled on the play. Went to shoot a free throw. And this is like the ugliest free throw I've seen. It was like a flat laser with side spin. And I'm like, this dude just hit like a fadeaway 15-footer. And then just bricks a free throw. Well, it's like we were – well, it's like that play tonight, Paul, with the Hawks. Trey Young just walked yeah. up right over half – just like past half court barely – chucks up like a 35 footer it goes in smooth perfect shot gets fouled on the play four point play goes to the line fucking bricks it 
And then the next time he shoots was like another 26 footer. Yeah. And swishes that one yeah. too. <laughs> Doesn't was, make any sense. It was, just, it was pretty funny to see that sequence. I'm like, oh, a Clint Capella jumper. I'm like, fuck, that's a terrible ending. And then he makes it and you're like, sweet. And bricks the free throw. Yeah. Just the full experience. There had to be some terribleness there somewhere though, Paul. All right. Let's move on. You want to introduce or you want me to? You you can. You got this one. You like his hair. He's got the Obi-Wan braid. Colin Sexton with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Full disclosure, I, I hate the hair of these next two players. <laughs> I mean, I, I love... Colin Sexton's got like a normal hairstyle and you, the Obi-Wan braid. I you, love you it. You call it Obi-Wan, I call it a rat tail. It's the Obi-Wan Bray. Dude, what? Ewan McGregor is Obi-Wan in the, in the, in the Phantom Menace and those, that, those movies. That's fine. It's you, his brain. You have whatever you want. It It is the truth. So, Colin, what it, Whatever Colin it is, Sexton, it's, it's working for him. Yeah, so Colin Sexton is, on, out of all of these players, might be the least known, honestly, like amongst even basketball fans. Because he's only in his third year in the league, but he is playing. Hey, his middle name is Darnell. That's cool. Sure. <laughs> um, he's been. I don't know why I was like, his, That's nick- cool. his nickname is Young Bull. Okay. Which he's on the Cavs. Yeah. <laughs> Boo. Yeah. Boo. I fucking hate that. <laughs> no offense to Colin Saxon, but he is. Okay. So he is having a really, really nice season. He is. And the, the Cavs have Look been. Look at his fucking three point percentage, dude. The, the Cavs have been. Better than expected, yeah, but like, still, but still not good. They're a sub five hundred team, but they were expected to be like a sub 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 five hundred. But team. just watching them, you're like, Colin Sexton is good. Yeah, everyone else is okay. They have some actually pretty nice, like Larry Nance and I mean they, Kevin they Love when he's healthy. They do. Jared but, Allen now is on there. Uh, Torian Prince, like they have some nice pieces. Oh yeah, but nothing flashy, crazy. Besides so, Colin Sexton, no, no. Like who else? Darius Garland is fine. Seti Osman is fine. Yeah, Like, those guys are all good. You watch yeah. them and you're like, you're a good NBA player. Sexton, you're like, oh, this dude got it. Yeah. he's He is a gamer. Yeah. There was one game where he just, I think he had like 20 points in a row or something for the team. It was something crazy. He just went off. And there's not a lot of players in the league who can do that. He's just, yeah, he, he's, a, he's a total offensive threat. And he's averaging about 24 points a game. He's shooting um, almost 50% from the field, 43% from three. Yeah. Only 81% from the yeah, free throw. Yeah, but that'll also get better as he gets older. Um, that will. And, I mean, he is the point guard, and he has four assists a game. Yeah, that's not great, but it could be worse. It, it could be worse. It could be worse. I mean, there's, there's definitely still room in his game to improve on some yeah. of those things. And, like, again, defense is – But for a third-year player, he's nice. Really for, nice. a, for a third year player, there's a lot of upside there. Like you see some flashes and you're like, oh boy. <laughs> like if if he keeps that trajectory up, he's gonna be a really nice piece. Yeah. Again, he's he's kind of and he's younger than Jeremy Grant, but he's one that if he keeps this oh, yeah. up, he'll be an all star in a couple years. Oh, I I would think so. And maybe it's for the Cavs, maybe not for the Cavs. Yeah. So shout out uh shout Colin out Colin Sexton. Sexton. Yeah. All right, and the player with the worst hair in the group is Shea Gilgis Alexander. Oh, OKC. I don't really honestly care. It doesn't bother me. His it, hair bothers Paul. It doesn't bother I, me. I described it to Matt like he looks like he tried to put devil horns on the front of his head, like with some braids, and they just droop down and like 
It's like he, he thought he had hairspray and he just had water. But you know the good news is it hasn't impacted how good of a fucking player he is. No, he's so. he's really good. Yeah. He is a really good player. Out of I'm trying to think of all the players we talked about. Bradley Beal notwithstanding, because he's been in the league longer than most he's of been the players. And Nick Vukovic as well, but like shut Gilgis Alexander. It's also his third year. He's averaging 22.6 points, 5.5 rebounds, and 6.5 assists. That is nice. Field goal percentage of 50.6. Three-point of 38.2. Like, that's still nice. His free throw needs to improve. It's not average, But free throw could be better. He'll he'll get there. Especially especially when you're like a point guard, shooting guard type of player. It's only 77%, which isn't great, but he'll get there. Yeah. If that was it. 85. 85. Yeah. That would be, I mean, his points would go up probably another point or two a game at that point. But just the way he plays, and I mean, he's got the full package. He really does. He can can shoot the three. He can drive in. He can defend. He can defend. He's good at setting up teammates. He knows rotations. He's also, he's 6'6". He's big for a point guard. Yeah, which helps on the defensive end. Yeah, absolutely. But, Um, no, the the dude's got it. And OKC doesn't get a lot of love anymore. And they'll probably not be in the playoffs. But OKC has been way better than expected. They have been fun to way watch. Better, yeah, and they're like, it's funny because Paul and I have we've seen like the Wolves play them obviously more because they're they're actually in the same um, division but in Western Conference. But we've seen like a Hawks game against OKC, a couple of Wolves games, and I and mean, we'll, and we'll just tune in too. We watch all yeah. we watch all the teams. Yeah, we, we, we all, yeah we'll just go into some random games too because we watch all the teams, but. We've seen a pretty good amount of OKC lately, and there's like all these guys who are like, "Who the fuck is this?" <laughs> they look twelve. Who the fu- and yeah, they, Isaiah Roby, <laughs> who's a power forward, and like, oh, he actually doesn't look terrible. And no. like Hawks legend Mike Muscala, Hawks legend Mike Muscala <laughs> has been playing decent for him. Like, which honestly, shout out Mike Muscala because I thought he was going to be out of the league like four years ago. Right, and he's still in it, and he's still making his money and doing his dues. So. Hawks legend Al Horford, right? They're, they're reunited, baby. That's why they're winning. You can't stop that Hawks brotherly love. But, yeah, Gilgis Alexander. So, we'll um, – Gilgis, sh- Gilgis shout, Alexander shout is – he's the best player on the team. And the future of the franchise and going to oh, yeah. be a fucking problem, honestly. And you said it before when we were talking about this. He, so, he was traded from the Clippers, and that was in the Paul George trade. And the Clippers just went all in. They're like – last year they said, we want to win the championship. And they had to give up Shea to get Paul George, which, if you're trying to win a championship that year or this year, is the right play. Like, Paul George is a better player right now than Shea. For the long-term future of the franchise, like, OKC got a really nice piece back from that trade. I Yeah, and like I was saying, I know we, we kind of agree and kind of disagree. We agree in, I think, different ways. Like, I think the Clippers, again, I agree with you. If... You know the the goal is let's win a championship now. Paul George is the better choice now, but if and, they don't if they don't end up winning a championship, which again you you can't know when you make those moves. No, and some of it also was Kawhi saying I want Paul. Yes, George. but if you if you can't win the championship, and again you don't know that when you make the moves. No, and let's say you don't win the championship, eh, this could end up feeling bad in about five six years. This, this could end yeah. up feeling really bad because. If, I mean, if you're Clippers fans, on one hand, you have to love that your team is actually going for it, right? A lot of teams kind of get close, and they never really go for it. Again, like we talked about with Milwaukee with a Drew Holiday trade. All in. 100% they're, all they're in. Going, and as a fan, you have to at least love the effort. Yeah. But 
at the same time, when you're a Clippers fan, if you look back in five years and you're like, you know, we never made it out of the second round because we, you know, had the Denver thing happen. And then let's say they get the Lakers in a, in a second round matchup and they lose. And then five years from now, Shea's an all-star and just carrying OKC to like multiple division titles. Yeah. And Which is very conceivable with all the picks they have coming it's up. It's very conceivable. Yeah. You may be going, was it worth it? Like, even even as great as a bona fide title run is, your window may be shorter this time. And I'll just put it this way. If, Shea. if they win, if OKC wins a title with him, and again, that's such speculation because he's so young. Who knows? That's years. But if, yeah. if they, if. Yep they want a title with him, it would not be worth it in retrospect. If the Clippers don't win. If the Clippers don't win. It's a ton, of ifs. Then, ton of ifs. Then again, if the Clippers win this year. It's it. They don't care. They're like, cool. Cool. Yeah, we would give up Shea for a They title. won't because they won't get past the Lakers or the Nuggets or hot take. The Timberwolves. The Utah Jazz. <laughs> Dude, the Jazz have been playing really right good basketball. Anyway, we'll talk about really good – Actually, it's surprisingly we we're a little more planned out for the future than normal. And next episode, we will dive in to da, the top da, teams da, 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 in da. each of the conferences. So da, stay da. tuned. Yeah, we like never get to say stay tuned because we never know what the fuck we're going to talk about. <laughs> so, Gilgis Alexander and Colin Sexton have something in common. They're both dudes. They both play basketball. They both like ice cream. They both hate Matt. It's frustrating because Paul knows exactly what to say. They, and he's choosing not to. They, uh, they would both rather have three dogs and a horse than a cat they both have terrible hair this is true no all right all right i'm out they're both part of the 2018 nba draft there fine i'm sorry people i'm sorry and this is gonna be the like segment that we'll wrap up the show with but um it's funny because we were talking about we 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 figured out just because of how many years they'd been in the league when we were talking pre-show about about those two players, um, we figured out, oh, yeah, they're in the same draft as Luca and Trey Young. And so I was just like, hey, pull up the, tw- the pull up that draft. And so he pulled up the 2018 draft. And we're looking through the draft, and we're like, holy shit, this is actually, like, right now, a couple years later, this is looking like a fucking really, really good draft. Which is crazy because this is only their third year in the league. So let's – we'll go down. I don't know if we just want to give highlights maybe. We can do some highlights. Uh, we'll just, I mean, starting at the top, DeAndre Ayton, who's been who's been good. Yeah, he's been good he's for been Phoenix, good. and especially he's he's elevated his game this year. He's been nice. Yep, that that's not necessarily a bad pick. We we can go into the specifics a little, we, a little okay, bit. Okay, yeah, okay, but we'll just yeah we'll just hit the top five. Marvin Bagley, the third, was eh. picked second. Luka Doncic at third. Jaron Jackson Jr., who's unfortunately been hurt quite yeah. a bit, but who's a nice player, at four. Trey Young at five. And then we'll just go through some probably highlights. Yep. Um, it's like Colin, Colin Sexton. Sexton at eight, uh, Gilgis Alexander at eleven. 
Which is a steal. Um, Michael Porter Jr. for the Nuggets at 14, which is a fucking huge steal. That's even... And Michael Porter Jr. was hurt. Like, he was projected to go top three. And then Um, he got hurt. Didn't really play in college. 17 through 20, actually, are all, like, NBA players playing in rotation. Dante DiVincenzo for the Bucks, who's starting now. Lonnie Walker, the fourth for the Spurs. I I really like Lonnie Walker. Oh, he's nice, man. He's a good player. Uh, Kevin Herter, obviously, your boy with the Hawks. And then my boy Josh Kogi with the Wolves. Yeah. Um, Then Grayson Allen. Fuck Grayson Allen. It always feels good to say that. Fuck Grayson Allen. But then if you go down, down, Down. diggity, diggity, down. Down. Oh, like, I didn't even notice that before. Jalen Brunson with the Mavs. Yep. um, At number 33. And Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham. Uh, with, with Charlotte, uh, that's a really good pick, actually. Thirty-four. Then yeah. you go down like Gary Trent Jr. Well, Mitchell Robinson oh, at thirty-six. Yeah, Mitchell Robinson at thirty-six, who's balling out for the Knicks this year. He, yeah, Mitchell um, Robinson's a nice player. Yeah, Gary Trent Jr. with uh, Portland. With Portland. Um, yeah, Gary Trent doesn't pass the advanced stats, but no, but he's like he passes the eye test to be honest. <laughs> like, and, and at pick like thirty-seven, him. like yeah, okay. Yeah, Kyrios for the Nets at pick forty, who's um, been good. Uh, let's see. We had Diallo at forty-five. Yeah. So yeah, who's, who's Hamadou getting, Diallo with OKC, who's been good this he's year. He's been good. Like we've been watching. We're like Diallo, at Diallo's doing that. And then the big one that Paul pointed out was at, at pick fifty-four. Let's give a big old shout out to Shake Milton, who you probably haven't heard of, but he's fucking balling out for the 76ers this year. Yeah, he, playing really well off the bench. He's been he's been a really nice spark plug for him. Yeah, and like the fact so, that he's playing for. A team that's going to be competing in the Eastern the, Conference. The top team in the Eastern yeah. Conference, and you're pick number 54 in the draft. And if you're Philly, you got to feel so good about that. So a kind of fun exercise to do in hindsight is a redraft. And it it's tough to do when you're only three years out. But there are a lot of good players in this draft. Like, you could – there's a few players you could argue yourself into taking first overall, I think. So who would you argue yourself well, as the Trey Young stand boy over here, Trey, I mean, it's probably between Luca and Trey Young. Luca is the better, I would say Luca is the better player. Right now. Right now. Trey, this season, like, honestly, this season, though, Trey Young m- might be playing better. That's right. I don't even know. Is that a hot take? No, it's not a hot take. I agree Lu- with you. Luca Luca has not been playing great this season. I'm going to foreshadow some things I'm going to say, but I agree but, with you. But it, oh the the pri- the previous 2 years Luca was a better player. I think in the future Luca is still projected with a higher ceiling. But you could you could make arguments and convince yourself that Trey Young is a better player. I Trey Young has had a bigger leap from last year to this. And Luca Luca kind of took a step back almost in some ways he's at the very he's at the very least he's the same as last year he could be you could convince some people that he's taken a bit of a step back which is those are the reasons why you would take trey young over him maybe if this was done if you were to take this redraft at the end of last year it would be luca no question right so i would i would say luca number one trey number two probably eight and number three if I were to do a redraft, because Aiden, Aiden is a nice piece. He's a seven-footer who's got soft hands around the basket, can shoot a little jumper, got some nice post moves. He's expanding out to the three-point line. I like Aiden as a player. Hmm. Go ahead. Why don't you run out your top five there, Paul? All right. 
Um, probably Shea at number four. Shea is a nice piece. And um, I'm not sure about number five. Maybe a Michael Porter Jr. Paul, we have the same top five. Just a different order? Different order. All right, let me hit you with and, the order. Uh, and I will... I will spoil myself a little bit because DeAndre Ayton's in my number five. Honestly, for me, it might be an, I, I know we don't, there's no ties, but it's like an eight and Sexton tie basically for five, six to me. And I mean, Sexton is a good so piece. Yeah. I, I would say five, six, whatever you want to choose. Yo. <clears throat> so I'll just go backwards. Um, My number four is Michael Porter Jr. I mean, de- defense is a problem, but his offense is nice. And he has the tools to be good on defense. Yes. My number three is Luka. Really? My number two is Trey Young. Okay. My number one is Gilgis Alexander. Wow. Now, I the reason the reason I do it that I know that's kind of a hot take. I I can't even hate on that too much to be honest. The reason I do it is kind of adding to your whole Luca Trey Young thing. I would agree wholeheartedly that right now Trey Young's having a better season than Luca. Uh, a little bit of an aside. Uh, I love like look. I fuck billionaires suck in general because they're fucking greedy assholes. Mark Cuban is out of billionaires the most likable one. I like Mark Cuban. We've shouted him out on the podcast before. Cubes yep. is cool. But it was funny because he was on Jamel Hill and Card Champion show on um, on Vice, I think. And it was funny because Zach Lowe was talking about how Luke has become the whiniest player in the NBA. And I don't 100% agree with him because like every player is whiny. Every star player is whiny. But Luke is whiny. Luke, Luke is whiny, but that's... He's whiny. Yeah. But it's funny because Mark Cuban was like, fuck you, Zach Lowe. You don't know shit. <laughs> Here's what I he's think. He's not whiny. Fuck you, Zach Lowe. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's not whiny. So, listen, Cubes, because you don't listen to our show, because there'd be no reason for you to, but I got to tell you something. You're a good dude, but he's whiny. Because stars are whiny. Fucking LeBron is whiny. AD is whiny. James Harden is whiny. Like, they're whiny. Yeah. He's whiny. He's an amazing player. It's, you can be both. Now, I, I would disagree with Zach Lowe that he's the whiniest player in the NBA because there are fucking whiners everywhere. In yeah. fact, I would say the biggest whiner in the NBA is Dwight Howard because fuck Dwight <laughs> Howard. <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Was he is. Like, he is. like a meteor coming out of the sky was just like, fuck Dwight Howard that crashed. Am I wrong? <laughs> he's a whiner. Is this like wines per 36 or something? His wines per 36 are fucking <laughs> off the charts. Am I wrong? You're the not... way the way that he complains, DeMarcus Cousins is up there too. But the way that Dwight Howard <laughs> complains after fouls, and, and especially like, I know when we were watching the playoffs last year with the Lakers, he would like commit an egregious fucking foul, hit someone super hard. Yeah. And it'd be like, the refs would just be like, that's a foul. And he'd be like, what? What are you fucking talking? It's like, no, dude, you just fucking threw somebody to the ground, you asshole. Like, yes, that's a foul. So Dwight Howard is absolutely the whiniest player in the league. I just love, like, out of nowhere, just, like, slapping Dwight Howard down. Fuck Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard's like, yeah, I made it through another podcast episode. He's like, oh, fuck, I didn't know. (laughs) Oh, damn it. 
But the, the the part about all the fuckies to whoever though that like they can all look again, none of them listen to our podcast because no one gives a <laughs> shit. But if they did, like Dwight Howard if you're listening, Grayson Allen if you're listening, which obviously neither of you are, here's where you can find solace. Is that you're both millionaires and we're not. <laughs> so you don't have to give a shit what we think, because it doesn't matter, actually. But anyway. That- your your pick of Shea at number one. My pick of Shea is, and here's why I pick Shea at number one because the concept of what we're talking about is if we are drafting, if we're redrafting right now. Yes. So part so so the way that I would approach it is, you have to take what they've done so far, what they're doing now, and where you project them to be. I think, in my opinion, my personal opinion, which doesn't mean anything. And I think it's different from yours. I think he actually could have the highest ceiling amongst himself, Luca, and Trey. I, okay. I just I see, I see a lot of potential there, like a ton. I and he's starting to back it up. I don't hate that. He, again, this is this is the thing where if we did this three months ago, in between seasons, you probably would have a different. I would have put. Probably Luca number one, Trey number two, and probably Shea yep. at number three. And I, I think we agree on that. But yeah, Shea's been balling out this year. I mean, if if this continues, if that trend continues, I would I would have to readjust that. Like, yeah, maybe Aiden falls. And who and well, or maybe Luca falls more. I mean, he's having a good season. He's playing very very good basketball. Right. He's yeah. He's still playing really good. But basketball. again, ESPN again their bullshit rankings that don't mean anything. But they had it like number four. People were expecting Luca to have an MVP season. People were expecting the Mavs to be a top four or six playoff team. They were expecting him to blow up, like kind of what Jokic has done this year, right? They were expecting yeah. Luca to have just this fucking monster season. He's not having it. He's having a good season. It it's a it's a very good season. But, but he's not made a huge like he again. If you if you compare he and Trey Young side by side, which is hard to do because they're different positions, but different players. Well, actually, not that different positions. I guess they both technically play the point, but um, <laughs> in a way. But but yeah, if you if you're to compare them head to head on like progress, Luca definitely took a bigger step between years one and two. And I mean, some of it's just the team buildup too. Like, yeah, but it's also seeming like Trey is taking the bigger step this year. Yeah. So, I think they're more even than they were last year and as Sh- players. And Shea took an even bigger step he's, than Trey. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. He was again. He was. He's. He's taken the biggest step out of the three this year. But Trey has taken a big step. Luke has taken no steps. And and Shea has the biggest potential on defense. Yes. I. Shea I could if, be one of those players who like. If there's anything that vaults him above. Trey and Luca, it'll be the combination of his offense and his defense. He can be honestly, he could be like a bigger Chris Paul. And he was that, learning from Chris Paul. That would be a nice play. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Paul, five inches taller? Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. That um because again, Chris I mean, Chris Paul and I've shit on Chris Paul a lot like years ago, but Chris Paul is a really good player. He he's, is a really good player. He's an amazing point guard. He's such a good defender. He has great court vision. He's a good three point shooter. Um, Shea has, I think, an advantage on probably going to the rim because he's bigger. Yeah. Um, can't teach height. One no. of my favorite sayings. Yep. But uh, I say it a lot because I'm tall. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I just I, that's that's why. And I, again, I think what's cool is the fact that, like what Paul said earlier, is that this is only a couple years in, and we're already having the conversation, and like we're able to have some pretty like in depth discussion and like little disagreements, it, but not like. It's pretty rare three years in to be 
high on multiple people from the same draft. Yes. And, and, and we're just having like very, I I don't know. I I think it's just, it's just kind of, it just, it's whatever floats your boat in a way. It's like just small differences of opinion based off of like, but I can also understand your point of view, right? Like I don't agree that Luca, like I wouldn't take Luca number one is what I'm saying, but I also get your argument for it. And the fact that like there's three players so close, we believe currently from the same draft. And then again, you have DeAndre Ayton, you have Michael Porter Jr. You have Colin Sexton. Yeah. And, th- and those are like starters, right? Then you have other players like Wendell Carter Jr. was taken seventh from the Bulls. He's a decent player. Like he's, he's a Miles decent player, and Michaela yeah. Bridges are both good players. Again, like we talked about DiVincenzo, Lonnie Walker, Kevin Herter, uh, Shake Milton, um, Mitchell Robinson. There are a lot of really good players in the fact, like that's what's so interesting to me is that these I mean, players have only been in the league for a couple of years. Yeah, if Jaron Jackson Jr. beats whatever injury bug well, has plagued thing, him, right. and four years from now he's been healthy and playing a lot of games, like he could make his way into the top five too in a redraft. Yeah, and, and I think the fact that there's already that many players who, who, will, who not only have made impacts so far, but look like they're going to be making impacts for quite a long time. Like Kevin Herter is one of those players. Whether he stays with the Hawks long term, who knows? He will he will play in the NBA for probably ten to fifteen years because he is just such a solid shooter. He can shoot the ball, man. You, you have to have it on your team, so he'll always have a place. Um, yeah, I think it's cool. It, Shout it, out to the twenty eighteen draft. It was a surprisingly good draft in hindsight. Only three years later. Which yeah, again is it's weird even talking about because yeah. there's other drafts where we've like two two three years later you're like yeah that that was a fucking terrible draft yeah, but this but, you're like yeah this is actually <laughs> really fucking nice yeah it's kind of funny so. how draft goes in waves like that you have like one draft is just one player is good and the rest are terrible and some drafts where it's like pick fifty four is Shake Milton and you're like oh okay great yeah. Um, <laughs> Matt doesn't know what it's like to have a good draft. <laughs> yes, I know what it's like to have one good draft. It's called Carly Anthony Towns. That's, that's right. That's right. And I mean, I'm like, I'm still good with Anthony Edwards. I love Anthony Edwards. Ant Man. Shout out, shout out to A One from day one. By the way. All right, calm down. I feel like, well, at some point we're gonna have to have like a most fun player in the NBA conversation, and he is fucking way up there because his <laughs> interviews are goddamn legend already. There we go. 20, so. 2015 cat taken number one by the wolves. Yeah. The 2015 draft actually is t- pretty fucking terrible. Like at the top, at the top, it's terrible. Look at that. Carl like, Anthony Towns, D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell, Russell, Jaleel Okafor, <laughs> Chris Stapps, Porzingis, Mario Hazonia. Yikes. Yeah. Kelly Stein. Yikes. But I mean, the, yeah, this, this draft is six years away. So you have to go down ago. to pick 13 to have your next, like, well, actually, sorry. Pick 11. Miles Turner. Miles Turner really is good. good. Devin Booker at 13 is a steal. That's a great um, pick. But then you have, like, Cameron Payne, yikes, Kelly Oubre, Terry Rozier, which is who's good, 16. Um, then you have to go down, down, down. Larry Nance um, at 27. Down, yeah. But, Larry Nance at 27. He's developed. Uh, I mean, Bobby Portis at 22, like, yeah. Montrez Harrell at 32. That's a good pick. Um, Keep going, keep going. Josh Richardson at 40. Pat Connaughton, 41. Yeah, those are there, fine. There are some good players in this draft, but... Did you go all the way down? No, but I mean, like, the, the 2018... Hold on, hold on, hold on. The 2018 draft was, in hindsight, even this short. Yeah, no one. Looking like a good draft. Norman Powell, Norman Powell 46. at 46 is a good player. Or is, is, is a good, is That's a, good a steal. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know if anyone else after him was played in the league. <laughs> 
But yeah. So yeah, that, shout out to the 2018 draft. Shout out to the 2018 draft. Um, shout out to our listeners for actually making it this far. Fuck. <laughs> for the, for the two of you listening. Uh, yeah. So next next time we'll talk about the top teams in the East, top teams in the West. Talk about uh, weaknesses and strengths heading into All Star break and what we think may happen at the end of the season. So uh, until next time, I'm Matt. I'm Paul. Thanks for listening to Basketballers.